You're listening to Pole Parlor, a fun, inspiring podcast for all those bewitched by pole dance. Each week, your Madam Crimson Minx has candid conversation with unique, engaging individuals from within and around the pole dance community. Pole Parlor is passionate about preaching creativity, soulful sensuality, and empowerment through pole dance. You know how we do. Welcome everyone to Pole Parlor. This is episode 9, Alethea Austin. I'm your host, Crimson Minx. On this episode, we have the one and only Alethea Austin. Alethea is regarded as one of the foremost pole dancers in the world, known for her sensual movement, her raw, gritty, powerful performances, and for her creative vision, both as a showgirl and a businesswoman. On this episode, we talk about how she's built her career in pole through diverse channels, how she's transitioned from competing and touring into opening her own studio and creating high-caliber pole dance productions, and how important it is to follow your own path in order to be relevant and avoid burnout. We also delve into the importance of investing in education as a business owner and the realities of pulling off her large-scale pole dance competition, Miss Pole Dance America. So, without further delay, here is pole dance cult leader Alethea Austin. Welcome, Alethea Austin, to the Pole Parlor Podcast. How are you today? Thanks. Uh, I'm doing spectacular on this Thursday afternoon. Oh, good, good. And uh, for those who have been listening to the podcast up to this point, your name has come up very often. So uh, we're so happy that we're going to be able to speak to you today. Awesome. Um, Ready when you are. All right. So standard opening question. How long have you been polling and how did you first discover pole dance? Uh, This is kind of crazy, but I realized this spring that it's my 10-year pole anniversary, which I don't think I would have ever anticipated. And it doesn't feel like I've been doing it that long. I mean, it feels like I've been doing it a long time, but 10 years is kind of a monumental um, amount of time, you know, a full decade of my life. So... 10 years. I agree. (laughs) Wow. And then how did you first discover pole dancing? Uh, YouTube. Back when YouTube was kind of the go-to for for looking for things. Um, And I saw a video of Leanne at Beast Fun. Okay. Awesome. And then so you thought, I'm going to take a class and um, just became addicted? Yeah. I mean, uh, I feel like I've told this story a lot, but yeah, I just was like, this, this is for me, this is rock and roll. This is not normal fitness and I'm ready and my body wants to move this way. And then, you know, the rest was history. So cool. And so, um, what were you, so you eventually, as we all know, transitioned into being a professional pole dancer, um, full time. What were you up to before though, up and up until that point, you were a photographer, right? Uh, yeah. College student, 20 something year old photographer, uh, you know, odd jobs, art department, things like that. Um, hadn't really made a career or found anything I I truly loved yet besides being an artistic person. Yeah. Well, that carries over into your performances and how you um, brand yourself and everything. You can definitely tell you have an artistic background. So do you still do like the photography and stuff today or are you 
are you doing like a lot of your visual? Um, it, it's, I'm glad I went to art school. I'm glad I went to college for it. I feel like, uh, yeah, I, I use it every day in, in branding and visuals and graphic design and, um, everything to do with the company that I've built and the, you know, productions that I carry out. So yeah, very much so. And I feel like it was maybe the right time socially for, because I, I sort of hit that when, you know, social media and people are able to do uh, branding for themselves. And it's a little more accessible to be able to do that in this day and age than maybe it was even when I was in school. So it's good, good timing overall. Yeah, it's a good skill to have and it helps you stand out and you have, um, I encourage people to go on YouTube and um, search for your YouTube channel because you have a lot of creative videos on there that you've done that are just above and beyond just filming yourself in the pool studio. There's like beautiful lighting and it's, you know, cuts and edits and um, it's like high entertainment value. So um, check that out, guys. When did you start transitioning then? What what was it that made you realize that you wanted to do this for um, a career? Um, it, it just started, it started growing and it started becoming a small paycheck for me. And then, you know, slowly over the couple years and months, a bigger paycheck, and then had that sort of option to, you know, make what you wanted to make out of it. And I saw that, that happening in poll where you could really make a career kind of from the bottom up, you could decide how, um, how you wanted to make money and present yourself in this light life and, you know, train people and decide if you wanted to be a teacher, competitor, performer, studio owner, you know, if you want to run shows, you want to bring in other dancers. So I feel like it was really versatile and attractive to me because of that. If I thought I was just going to be a pole dance instructor, I don't think I would have gotten so, um, like hooked, if that makes sense. No, totally. It's hard to invest your life into something for such like a limited um, space. So, and because you do all of those things that you just mentioned, which we'll, we'll touch on. So um, yeah, you had the vision to see that. That's, um, that's cool. And so you started pole dancing in LA, we talked about, I'm sure for those who don't know, Alethea is now in Nashville and she has her own studio called Chrome Bar. And so what made you make the move to Nashville? Um, it's so, it's so funny that also, I feel like I get asked so much. And (laughs) if anyone is looking at, uh, just the media and the trends right now, Nashville is so hot on the map and I'm a little psychic. I saw that like (laughs) me, you know, I knew where I was going and I was trying to get in ahead of the storm. And I told my husband, I was like, we need to go now, not a year from now. We have to go now or we're not going to be able to rent or buy anything. And, um, so he's in the film industry and he was like, yep, let's go. And, uh, it was within like two months that we, uh, closed on a house and then moved from LA. So but I knew I was going to open a studio here. And so it was coming to do that. Oh, that's, that's smart. (laughs) It's, that's like a huge financial investment and it's tough in LA. Um, and it's nice to be like the pioneer and a trailblazer in a new town. So good for you. And then, so when you moved there, you also, you mentioned that you, um, teach and you've, do you still do competitions? You've done competitions, throughout most of your career, right? Or, 
Um, I did in the beginning. I don't have the desire to do them right now. I think that I just have spread myself in other areas and it's just, you know, it's not that they're bad. I think they're great. And I'm pushing some of my girls to start, start competing, but, um, it's, yeah, I I don't see them in my future really right now, but. Yeah, well, it's, I guess it's good when you're starting off because it's how people learned about you, how people oh, got yeah. to. invaluable. Yeah. Yeah, so it got you a lot of exposure. And that was um, a different time, though. What was what was the pole dance scene back, like, because you said 10 years ago. How was it different back then? Um, I just, I liken it to, like, the kind of underground and, and punk scene or, <laughs> you know, it was, it was, um a little like you didn't know what to expect sometimes when you're flying places or, you know, it was, it was definitely a smaller group with less ability to connect because social media wasn't as, as present as it is now 10, you know, 10 years later. Um, but I, I have love for like how it used to be. And then I have love for how big it is right now. But very different. (laughs) Yeah. Where did you get to travel when you were competing? Oh, just all I've been everywhere in the world. Okay. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess um, we were with Tammy Morris last week and um, Mm -hmm. she was early on polling too. And she was saying how, you know, she really loved being in it back then. She said, I don't think I could hang right now. But um, just speaking of like the difference because of the pervasiveness of it and the technicality of tricks and everything, but um, you still have that high bar. So (laughs) you could, you're, you're busy doing other things. You've you've conquered that. Yeah, not that the the tricks, the what people are doing now, it doesn't really matter to me. I I, I like it, I appreciate it, I like watching it, but you know, I'm gonna move the way that I move and it's you know yeah. it's just like yeah, I like the color black. I've always liked the color black. Mm-hmm. I like to move the way I move. I'm not gonna try and change that, um, because I see other people doing things, you know. So Yeah. And so, you know, this goes back to how we were talking about how you have a lot of artistic vision. Uh, for your dance and, you know, for how you're moving forward in your career. And so um, one of the things you did, um, I believe it was early on when you moved to Nashville, was start at your own, like, review, your own show, Live Dancing Girls, right? <laughs> and I don't know if everyone knows about that. Do you mind just telling us a little bit about that and what the vision was? Um yeah, I mean, the vision was that there's this, uh, like, legendary rock and roll club in Nashville called Exit In, and it was as simple as my husband and I moving here and me driving down the street being like, you know, that's like the CBGBs of Nashville. I really want to have a show there. And um, then getting that in my head, like, I'd, I'd like to have a show there. How can I do that? And sort of developing a show with that kind of goal in mind. I like, you know, I like to have creative goals. So that was definitely a goal of mine to have a show at that venue in Nashville. And, um, so then that's how we developed live dancing girls, which is like a rock and roll kind of pull review. And I hadn't seen too many of them. I think pull show LA had been going for a while and, um, the girl next door had started, uh, but I, I hadn't seen a lot of them around the country or, you know, yet it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of, showcases besides competing that were showcases outside of studios. Um, and I just wanted to do a dirty, sweaty, <laughs> hair whipping, 
stiletto wearing whiskey drinking good time. And um, so thankfully Exodin was like, yeah, of course, we'll, we'd love to do that. And then um, we did multiples of them. So you're still there. Is it annual or biannual or <sighs> we, we were just sort of doing them a lot at first because we were really excited. And um, now the next one's going to be the October show, obviously starting this pole dance America has given, mm-hmm. you know, taken up a lot of my time too. So, uh, right now the next one's October, but you know, it could be, it could be whenever we could pop up, you know, we can pop up whenever you never know. And you <laughs> handpick the girls for that. You kind of know who's going to fit the theme and rock it. Yeah. Out. Yeah. I mean, people contact me and, um, you know, if, if for real, it's not like, it's, it's a, it's an awesome venue, but it, it's not for beginners. So, mm-hmm. um, my goal is just that everyone that gets out on that stage is ready to be out on a big stage like that. I don't, I wouldn't want everyone, anyone to have a bad experience from doing a show with me. Mm-hmm. That's admirable. <laughs> and so as you just kind of mentioned, um, that was kind of your first foray into, um, putting on a show and so you said, to hell with it, let's go big. And so mm. you have, re- you started last year, Miss Pole Dance America. So can you yeah. tell us about that? I'm sure a lot of people know about it, but maybe not. So can you give us an overview? Well, I knew that I was going to do Miss Pole Dance America when I moved to Nashville. Ah. <laughs> And I started Live Dancing Girls as a way for me to begin producing shows and figure out, you know, what I needed to do um, on my end for for getting the backstage ready and and sort of getting a flow, a flow of a show ready. So it was it was not an afterthought. It was (laughs) it was pre-planned. And even though I thought about it for three years and tried to prepare myself, um, I was still not prepared for <laughs> how <laughs> crazy big and intense um, Miss Pole Dance America was the first year and now going into the second year. So. Yeah. So what are some of the challenges of it that us, you know, we just kind of see the the polished result, but what goes into it that we're not seeing? Um, well, everything, I think that, I think that, I mean, people know if they think about it and they, they sort of see the magnitude of, you know, the venue and the, and the production value of the stage. And it's same kind of thing with, um, you know, live dancing girls. I I don't want to do a show where the competitors come and they're not able to do what they want. So I was sort of thinking about myself when I was thinking about this, you know, I'm sort of done competing, but if I have a chance to get back on stage and really showcase something that I never got to do, um, maybe because my experience was limited or the, you know, the props were limited or the lighting, you know, how can I create something, a competition where they'll be able to come back and create a showcase piece. Gotcha. Um, And that's where the trickiness starts. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's back to, you know, the the keeping that high artistic value in it. And so um, for those that don't know, there is um, you kind of create a pool from the beginning of potential participants and then it's narrowed down to how many? Yep. That is a great way to put it. So it's it's nomination 
And, um, what I do is this is just the most fair way I could, I could think to find the people that I wanted to give a chance on this stage to. Um, so I nominate or I pick 10 people in the poll industry, um, predominantly the American poll industry. And I ask them to give two nominations a year of people that they think would be great on the stage. And then from there, we narrow it down from portfolio submissions to 10 competitors and four troops. Wow. Okay. So there's the solo performances and um, the troop performances. That's yeah. right. Because I definitely watched it last year live on the live feed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, because there's, you know, Miss Pole Dance Australia and, um, you know, all different ones around. And there wasn't one in the United States. So... Yeah. And I, I love the brand, the Australian brand. And I, I talked to, to Bobby a lot about it and, you know, I, I, I really wanted to be able to do that here. And she said, go for it. Oh, that's so, rad. And then she said, do you want to know, do you know more about how mine runs? And I was like, no, I just, I want, I have a vision. I want to do my own thing. I just, I, I would love it to be somehow, you know, relevant with the name when people hear Miss Pole Dance, they think about competitions, all over the world that kind of have that, that showgirl vibe. Yes. Yeah. And so, and it's even interesting because you have, um, not the traditional judges, you have judges that are like in burlesque or in like vaudevillian type of, um, roles. So how do you pick them? Yeah, that was a big deal for me too, was to sort of go outside our community because, um, you know, we're not just becoming professional pole dancers, we're becoming professional performers, mm-hmm. you know, professional dancers, professional aerialists and professional performers. So for us to be judged in this small circle, um, you know, which is growing bigger, but to be judged, you know, with people that we started with and with people in our community, it, it's sort of, it's not at the end of the day, totally fair for the show I was putting on, you know, to not have the outside world be able to see it and give a, an opinion. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that was my thing from the beginning. There's one poll judge and then there's one showmanship judge, um, who's like a choreographer or, you know, burlesque star. Um, this year it's Asia Francis, who's a choreographer that works with Beyonce. Ooh. And then there's a musicality judge, someone that, um, knows, you know, music industry and can <laughs> sort of, put, you know, a valid opinion there. Yeah. So it's, it's fun finding the judges, but it's also hard only because it's not that people aren't into it. You know, I'll ask a lot of people and they'll be totally into it. Um, it's just that, uh, springtime is like a heavy touring time. Uh, Oh, see, I didn't realize that. Okay. (laughs) Which, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> something to think about in the future. But yeah, a lot of people are like, nope, we're, you know, we're gone on or we're booked on tours then. So um, that oh. makes the judging pool a little harder to navigate. Gotcha. Well, it seemed to work out last year and it's yeah. hopefully working out this year for you. So, um, and then another thing that um, I know that you were very adamant about was, which we spoke to um, a bit was that the the stage itself, it was, you know, do it right, do it big, do it beautiful. And I know that um, you on social media oftentimes tag your husband who is Mm. also very helpful, right? He does the lighting and it's nice to have like a a partner that's like 
in it to support you, ride or die. Yeah. And to be able to be involved and, and to work with, right? Yeah. I mean, in, indispensable. I, I wouldn't have this show without him. Um, so I'm just very lucky. And I think that um, his excitement breeds into making, making me more excited. And it's, I mean, you know, it's a test, like to, to put a very, very stressful event on, you know, on a couple. That's, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can that's, a, that's a test, but, um, you know, so far so good. My mother-in-law, Patty also helps organize the event. Oh. So it's just kind of, it's, it's all of us <laughs> in the family. Well, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I mean, I can say, um, for, I saw it last year and I was blown away. So it's nice to just see like this high, um, highly entertaining, really creative dancers, showgirls representing America <laughs> out there because you see it so much, um, elsewhere. I know I brought up Australia before, but, um, it's cool to have this competition locally now. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And we have, um, you know, one of the important things is they're able to use not only props, but like high tech rigging, you know, so you're going to start seeing things or pieces that are more involved than just like a static pole and a spin pole. It makes a difference. Yes. And that's what engages people from outside the community too, that they're coming in and then they have a better understanding and appreciation and enjoyment of polls. So. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to put people to sleep. Like. (laughs) No, that's true. And then you do um, also because you kind of create this whole weekend in Nashville for it. So you do like workshops, right. And things like that. Yeah. Well, obviously people wouldn't, wouldn't travel for four hours. So in the poll community, it's, it's, you know, so amazing at knowing what to expect for, for planning a weekend to go to events. So, um, yeah, we have workshops and then I do a studio owner summit, which is a chance for studio owners to sit down, not only do networking, but do continuing education. And with that, I kind of do the same idea where I bring in outside professionals, not just in our industry, but from, from other industries to, you know, teach us the ways because, it's no matter what skills you go in with, you know, and everyone goes in with a few skills to open a studio. It's just, it's all encompassing and it's it's hard work. Yeah. We've talked about this on the podcast before and about how we kind of, as a poll community, need to band together a bit more on getting our smarts and our financial smarts and our technical smarts and things like that. But as you said, like, even you started 10 years ago, it was punk then. It's still kind of in that like DIY type of phase where there's still, you know, kind of tight budgets and things. So it's like, you got to push things to get out of that. If you want things to really like explode and, and to represent yourself. Well, I agree. And that was one of the things that has been a hard and amazing lesson for me over the last 10 years was to learn those tools to keep my business going and successful and, you know, to keep relevant too. And you put all this hard work into your projects. You want them to be something that you'll be proud of and remembered for if that's, if that's a business or if that's competing or doing a show, um, you know, and you've, you've got to go to outside resources. You've got to know when to hire someone to help you. You can't just write on a Facebook group like, Hey, I need help 
with my profit and loss. Like that's not learning to do it. You know, writing, sometimes writing in Facebook groups can be helpful information, but, um, you know, there's, there's tools in learning and learning (laughs) from people that have been doing it for a long time. So that's sort of part of my goal with at least the studio owner summit is to provide that weekend of learning. Good. Um, I hope a lot of people can make it. And um, speaking of your studio, do you plan on ever um, like expanding or are you good with just your one location right now? Well, I absolutely love my studio and it's even more so apparent when I travel and come back. Mm -hmm. I love the location. I love the vibe of the building. Um, It's like a you know, it's this old school warehouse and we're standalone. So we're, we've got our own parking lot and building. Um, we have one room though. It's very large room. It's like, you know, the whole studio is 2,200 square feet and, um, we have a big lobby and a big pool room and it's getting a little small. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's on my mind. I think I'm trying to get through MPDA right now, but, um, yeah, it's it's on my mind for cool. sure. <laughs> cool. Yeah, because it's just growing as an industry and it's just growing. And as you said, Nashville is blowing up. So you're just going to get more people there that want to take classes. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, I've, you know, I've, I've run all the scenarios in my head from like online classes to starting doing like, you know, certifications and licensing for my classes elsewhere Mm -hmm. to second locations to moving locations. So, um, I'm thinking about it. Yeah. You're still, you got a good (laughs) business mind going. And then amidst all of this, you know, you're planning Miss Pole Dance America, you're running your studio, but I know you just got back from a tour. So you're still touring, right? Um, not as much. Yeah, not as much. And I, I love, love touring. I think I'm like a little gypsy blood. Um, and just how cool to find a job that takes you around the world to meet new people. Um, so this last one was pretty intense. Uh, we, I went for 30 days, just, uh, Northern U S and then around Europe. And it was the most, I think we've ever packed into, uh, that short amount of time. I think it was 22 flights. Oh my um, goodness. Like <laughs> rock star status right there. And I was like, I can do this. And it's amazing how, you know, I've changed over the years and I, I really could do it. It was exhausting, but, um, I did it and I did it more gracefully than less work when I had started. So, um, you know, you've got to grow, grow into, to your profession and and keep doing it and making improvements. So I did it and it was sold out all through Europe. And I'm thankful for everyone that came out. Um, So it was was a blast. If you see Alethea Twain again, know that this is not a high priority for her. It seems so. (laughs) Twice a year. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So jump on it if you can. Cool. And so, um, I got a few questions from the Facebook group too that people wanted me to ask. So if you don't mind, um, yeah, for sure. I, one of my favorite was, um, "What's your favorite pole memory?" Oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> what pops in your head? You've like, wow. what do you think? Like, oh, you know, the only thing that pops in my head now is because Felix just made a post about it, and it's a story not a lot of people know. Okay. But we were in Dallas when Miss Texas Pole Star was at this awesome 
nightclub. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, the lizard lounge. And they had this like 20 foot pole and Felix was doing her thing. Super flexible. Goes all the way to the top and her costume like disintegrates. <laughs> like, oh my just, gosh. Just whatever little metal thing was holding it on the side, just totally pops off. And, um, she comes back, she like flies down the pole and I run over and I give her my shorts and I'm like, Oh my gosh, here, take my shorts and keep dancing. And then, you know, then I like look around the room and realize that I'm standing there then without shorts <laughs> and you know, a room full of people. And she just posted that recently. And it's, I don't know, it's things, memories like that, that, that make me like psyched about, you know, what we do and who we know and, and how, how we all have gotten to this strange little pole place that we're in. Yeah. Yeah, that because that was another question. Someone wanted to know, like, because you've been dancing so long, has it ever just been like, I need a break, I don't want to do this? Like, what do you do um, to keep motivating yourself? Yeah, I, I not feel like that all the time, but I definitely go through those phases. And it's when I get sidetracked from how I like to move. It's if I get too caught up in looking at videos online or too caught up in thinking that, um, like I need to learn more difficult things or just even an example with the studio. If I, if I think that I need to standardize moves in a way that I think need to be this certain curriculum when, you know, at the end of the day, teaching free dance is really important to me, Mm -hmm. you know? So as, as long as I stay true to what I've liked from the beginning, I stay happy. And when I look back, you know, even now from when I opened the studio to now, like I'm a dancer now, I'm not a pole dancer. I'm a a real dancer. And I have no problem saying that like in a professional, you know, term, my technique is there. My extension is there. I understand it now. I understand how to move on and off the pole. Um, and that wasn't learning any more skills. It was just, refining technique and, and building a better understanding of movement. So that's when I'm happy. Gotcha. Do, yeah. Doing what makes, doing what, do what like brings you blessed. Yeah. I think some, like you said, you're like online looking at things, people are doing this crazy tricks or whatever. And if it doesn't fit your body or if you don't want to do it, don't feel obliged because look, <laughs> if it's, if it's, then it, it should never feel like a chore. And I know it's your career and some, you know, it's going to be a bit more overwhelming for you, but it's good to know that even you have had to fight that and have figured it out. Yeah. My best advice for that is just to watch stuff to be inspired by it, but don't, don't nitpick, you know, don't nitpick and think like, Oh, I have to learn that you know, off a small video screen, or I have to do it exactly like that. Like I'll watch something to be inspired by it. And then, um, you know, I'll leave the house, drive to the studio, not look at it again. And then from memory think like, well, what was the feeling of that? And what can my body do? That's kind of, kind of like that kind of upside downy one-handed thingy. (laughs) That's good (laughs) advice. Yeah. Instead of like picking it apart, which everyone's guilty of, but (laughs) that's not what gets, that's not what's keeping things interesting. Keeping things interesting is putting your own spin on it. So moving on to what we do as the standard closing questions. Um, Number one is who is Alethea Austin's pole crush? Uh, Right now, Fontaine. (laughs) <laughs> right? 
Big time. Love you, Fontaine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now that's one that I'll just watch her on Instagram, and I know that I can't do it, so that's fine. It's not. It's just like, whoa, that's a good one. She's just gorgeous to watch, and yeah, yeah, strong, powerful, graceful, and effortless, sexy, all of it. So, yeah. And for those who don't know, she's an Australian dancer, right? Yeah. yeah. She lives in. Is it Melbourne? Yeah, so that's a good one. Um, and then um, how would you like to see the pole dance community evolve over the next five years? Hmm. I would like to see um, the the people that are – the girls that are dancing, well, girls and guys, the people that are dancing not get, you know, caught up or, or tripped out by, like, by – you know, trying to learn the next biggest thing, like for the people that are dancing to still love what they do in five years. Um, I'd like this, I feel like Miss America right now. I, I'd like, I'd like the studio. You're way more that, articulate than Miss America. Oh, Don't worry. <laughs> um, I would like the studio owners that have decided to take that big leap and open a studio to be successful mm. because a lot of, it's, it's hard. And a lot of people sacrifice, you know, their lives and their livelihood to get a studio open. And then, um, without the proper, you know, tools or support group around them, it could, it could fail and it could be something that ricochets, you know, way into their personal life too, not just, not just the pole, pole dance world. Um, and I'd like competitions to keep going, you know, and I think that there's, room for all of them. There's competitions that are a great opportunity for new people to perform. There's competitions that are a great opportunity to, you know, showcase different aspects of pole. And then there's Miss Pole Dance America where you can put on a stage show and, you know, win some money too, which I think is an important aspect of competing for, for some people. Um, and for me as an organizer to give prize money is important. That's good you do that. Yeah, because I don't, you know, for most people, majority of us, it's just our hobby. And we, it's maybe a bit disconnected from the fact that if you're a professional, you have to train, you know, five, six days a week. Um, It's, you can't do it at the same time as having like a full-time job. And that those are, that's how it works in other, um, in other, um, not just sports, but artistic endeavors too, that if that's your professional, um, job, then you enter these things because of there's a financial incentive. Um, and the fact that it's also exposure like crazy and you're presenting a good opportunity for people to put on their highest creative vision where that's not possible in a lot of other um, competitions. Yeah. Dude, we had the production meeting yesterday and it's, it's crazy this year. It's crazy. Yeah. Cause everyone wants something different too. So it's like, well, how do we, Oh, it's crazy. It's, I think we can pull it off, but it's, <laughs> it's insane. Um, this year I have to note, we will not be live streaming. Um, you know, that's another thing that you're not ever going to please everyone. And to me, it's, it's kind of like raising the bar a little bit too. Like, you know, you can't just see everything on live stream. You can't just see it right when it's happening. That's not how the art's supposed to be presented. And it's not, you know, not everything's instant gratification. 
So this year, if you, if you want to see the show, you got to come, you know, and then, um, I'm putting that into kind of time and investment and money investment that I did in live stream last year, um, into a video crew and we'll just get those edited videos out back for you to see back for everyone to see as soon as possible. So I was going to ask that, like, are you releasing a DVD or are these going to be online? Totally would. I you I'm can't okay. really, you know, if someone can tell me how to do that in America without music copyright, yeah. let me know and I'll put a DVD out. That would make me so happy, you know, because right now what I have is ticket sales from the event. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd love to be able to to monetize it after, but I, I don't think that's possible, um, at least in the U.S., yeah, so. you're right. That's one of the challenges that when we were talking about that before that people like us don't even think about like, yeah, you just can't sell content with music that is, you know, without paying royalties to certain musicians and things like that. So, yeah. So if you guys want a DVD that's like no sound, let me know. We'll get that out <laughs> <laughs> right away. <laughs> doesn't sound as good. Do you have sponsorships and stuff this year? Is that um, a big p- part of it or? Yeah, it should be. Okay, cool. Um, you know, and as our industry is growing, like, I, yeah, I got to give a shout out to Expol. They, it's a big deal for them to, to send all those polls to every event. Every time you see Expo at an event, they've shipped those polls there. Sometimes they ship, you know, people to help put up the polls and that, you know, that's a lot of work for them for the level of sponsorship that I need for my event. I'm, I'm going to need like Jack Daniels or something. To come in. <laughs> I was going to so, say, but like, don't <laughs> I need, yeah, I you need liquor money in there. <laughs> yeah. I need big money. And, um, as much as I love a lot of the people in the poll world that there's, there's that, I'm draw, there's that line drawing between like sponsoring and then a, you know, a sponsorship for the event. And I hope that someday we are able to figure that out. I think we're, we're constantly working on it. Um, but no, right now I don't have a huge, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that liquor money right now. So. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully soon, if not this year, then the next. Yeah. But yeah, I was talking to Roz um, on a past podcast and she was talking about the sponsorship thing too. And she was like, you know, none of us are going naked. We're good with our clothing sponsorships, but like what we need is money sponsorships now. And it's true. Like Expo has been really generous. I see them everywhere, you know? So I think a lot of these events couldn't happen without their support. So yeah. And then, you know, this year I'm already seeing a little different. Like we got this one called body art forms and they're like an online retailer of body art, jewelry, belly button rings, navel rings, piercing rings. And, you know, they came in as a supporting sponsor. So it's, it's possible like for us to start getting the outside community to, to start kicking in. But, um, you know, I'll be happy when it, yeah, when it says, and PDA presented by Bud Light and Jack. <laughs> Ooh, open Monster bar. Energy would yeah. be perfect. <laughs> Harley Davidson, I and you know. Yeah, well, that's where that Red big Bull. business mind comes in. That it'll happen. It'll definitely happen. And you know, you're putting in the work now, so it's almost like you need to put pull off a couple of things that people don't realize that you don't start something and then all of a sudden have like all these big backers. You have to pull things off, like bootstraps for a bit for people to see what they're buying into, you know? 
Oh, I totally agree. Last year we were talking about sponsors and I was like, with what, what do we have to show them? Like, you know, we reached out to the people and it, not that we didn't have a pot to piss in, but without having the, you know, the material from the first event, we just didn't really have, we had live dancing girls stuff to show them. And we had, you know, we now, now it's already been easier this year having all the material from last year. Good. And I, and I realized we never said the date. So what is the date of Miss Pole Dance America? Miss Pole Dance America is May 14th, 2016. It's on a Saturday night. It's in Nashville. There's a whole weekend planned around it. So um, I encourage people to fly out and just make a full weekend of it. I'm sure a lot of like groups of um, people from studios, uh, girls and guys, probably band together and make a trip out of it. So, yeah, it it is well worth it. And you know, Nashville being a hot city now, it's mm-hmm. it's a fun time. It's still easy to get around here, and it's relatively inexpensive. So that that makes it um, even better for everyone. Uh, the events at Marathon Music Works, which is where like all the big bands play when they come to town. And so it's, it's a, it's definitely like a rock and roll, you know, it's a, it's a huge stage for the girls to fill and the girls and guys, and, and they do a great job of it. There's still some seated tickets left, but not many. Mm-hmm. So I would just get on that. I think there's like <laughs> two VIP tables, but by the time this is up, I don't know. But yeah, if you're, if you're thinking about coming, don't, don't wait till the last minute because you'll end up standing, which isn't that bad, but. And if you're listening to this in the future, this is an annual event. So just look up for when, you know, the next year's is. Yeah. Springtime. Yeah. Hmm. And so um, we promoted that now. Also, uh, just where can people find you? Um, Chromebar.com is your studio, but you have AlethiaAustin.com, right? I do. I have just the... Three places that will get an email to me are <laughs> Miss Pole Dance America, the Chrome Bar, and AlethiaAustin.com. So they they all come to me. If you've got something really important you're asking me, don't send a Facebook message. <laughs> That's just general rules in life, people. General rule of life. I mean, you emailed me, and what happened? I saw the email, right? People were like, oh, I sent you this Facebook message that was totally important. Like, I was standing at the airport waiting to pick you up, and I'm like, what? <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's not the easiest way to contact someone. It's probably someone with a lot of followers, even less so. Yeah, I just don't, yeah, I don't get to see a lot of those. They get lost so quickly. Yeah, understandably. And then something else I just want to mention is that on your website, you have a whole video series that you've done that are beautifully shot, that are like uh, flexibility and poll instructional videos, and you sell them now as digital downloads, right? I do. They're they're all available on on Gumroad, which has been working great for me so far. Um, you know, I some of them are getting pretty not outdated at all. Like I'm. <laughs> They're, it's amazing to me how well we shot them and how they're holding up. Um, you know, they still get downloaded a couple times a day and people still write me and say like, oh my gosh, this is so helpful. It changed my life. And this looks beautiful. So my aim with those was to make a DVD that you would be able to watch more than once or twice and you wouldn't mind it playing because it didn't look that bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Smart again. <laughs> um, another thing that you've put like an artistic touch on that 
that's working. So yeah, if you guys can't make it to Nashville <laughs> and you can't take a class with the late theory, you can't take a workshop, you can download um, her digital content from her website. Um, and then is there anything else you want to share with our, our audience that's coming up? I feel like Miss Pole Dance America is the major thing. Live dancing girls, follow your social media. You'll talk about that. Yeah, and I, I do I do a camp with that too, same kind of thing. I don't ask people to come in for a whole weekend without doing, you know, workshops and stuff around it. So but uh, I will be one hundred percent MPDA focused <laughs> for the next six weeks. So that's kinda of where I am. Cool. Well, good luck. And then um, before we sign off, can you leave us with any type of um, empowering message or like antidote or anything? <laughs> um, I saw that when you sent me on the sheet of like, you know, what do you want to say at the end or what's the quote? <laughs> um, the only real quote I can think of is the Sid Vicious one where he said, it's, you know, it's not my problem if you think I'm weird. Oh, I, that's so right. I would say just keep, you know, keep, keep doing what we're doing. We've, we've made quite an industry out of, out of, out of doing this and there's no need to, to change it or, you know, apologize for it. Just keep grow, growing and, and keep being informed about the choices you're making around your career, you know? Yeah. That's good. I like it. <laughs> That's, we're, we're, that goes back to your, it's, you don't have to copy people on Instagram. Put your, put your own weirdness on it. <laughs> yeah. I joined the Instagram game way late and I feel like I'm just now starting to get into it. And it, it's just, it's so, I like it cause it is visual, but then I'm also so constantly disappointed that it's taken our attention span down to 15 seconds. I know. I know. <sighs> That's it. We have to then go over to YouTube, check out, check out the extended videos, or you can just be that annoying person that chops up a three minute video into, you know, however many increments. Just kidding. Don't do that. That's so annoying. Yeah. Well, I will make a vow to post more YouTube videos if everyone else does. Yes. Let's, let's say that now, pass it on everyone. We want to see, we want to see it all. And in fact, um, I'm sorry, I know that this is going on longer than we originally spoke to, but you founded the, um, bringing sexy back campaign with Amory Davies. And that is a full video thing that happens in July. Oh yeah. That was all her. I mean, if founding means like I was in the bar having a drink with her yeah, that counts. (laughs) talking about it, but yeah, the actual running with it and, and, you know, going there and maintaining it, that, that is all her. And, um, it's just an exciting way to spend your hot July. Yeah, it's very generous of her to, uh, she always includes you when we talked about it because you inspired her for it. So, but yes, that is like a full video thing that maybe we can push a bit more this year to, to kind of, um, push the, the outside of 15 second snippets of perfection. (laughs) Cool. Well, Alethea, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been really fun chatting with you. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Pole Parlor podcast. Want more? Visit poleparlor.com for show notes and to link to the Facebook group where you can connect with other poleaholics and continue the conversation. Listen to past episodes and subscribe to new episodes on the website, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Lots of love, babes. Thanks for listening.